Welcome to the Decompress with Jess podcast, a podcast about mental health, self-esteem, and everything in between. A space to decompress with your everyday average person, Jess. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Decompress with Jess. Today, I have Madison with us. She is a mental health advocate, and we are going to talk about intrusive thoughts and OCD because I feel like more and more talking to people, we're all dealing with it or know someone who's dealing with it. And I feel like society just has like a misconception of what OCD and intrusive thoughts are. So I thought it would be nice to have Madison come on and normalize it for us. I love her Instagram page. She has all these really great quotes and sayings and just making everything seem just really nice in the space of mental health. So before I continue, can you please tell us about yourself and what inspired you along your journey? For sure. So like you said, my name's Madison. Um, I'm in my second year of university right now, and I'm studying psychology to hopefully one day become a psychologist. I started Mental Health with Maddie in January of 2021, so it's almost been a year now. Um, And I started it during, so I'm from Canada, so it was kind of during the pandemic and like one of our many lockdowns. So for us, Everybody I knew was in a lockdown, obviously, and it was just a really stressful time for everyone because we couldn't really leave our houses, we couldn't connect with people, so the level of anxiety I noticed with people around me was extremely high, and that's when I decided, you know what, let's start something that can kind of hopefully help people and reach as many people as possible, and that's why I started Mental Health with Maddie. I I mean, I think it's phenomenal. And it's so funny that you said you wanted to reach a lot of people because you have because I've seen your page before. And my friends have seen your page and they've sent me your stuff and I've sent their stuff to you. And they're like, I was like, wait a second, this is the same person. I'm like, we didn't even have the conversation. So that's just such a cool way to see how the way you're feeling and how you want other people to feel you're really building that connection for others. Mm hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. So today I thought you would come on to talk to us about OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, I mean, I've heard about it when I was younger and some people I know have it, but I feel like the way I remember seeing like a true life episode on MTV back way back when uh, now I'm just dating myself, but um, it was an episode and it was just showing people who have really extreme OCD, not to take away from them, but that's how I always thought it was. And that's how society portrayed it. But the more I'm learning about it and seeing people, I feel like all of us can have a little OCD. So can you just tell us what your definition is of OCD? Yeah. So OCD, like you said, obsessive compulsive disorder, it's two components typically. So it's the obsessions, which are those thoughts, like those intrusive thoughts you mentioned. And everybody has intrusive thoughts. That's a normal quote unquote part of life. But the difference between someone with OCD and somebody without OCD is that those intrusive thoughts start to take over their life. So it's a normal, we've all had a thought where let's say you're in the kitchen and you're cutting something and you're like, I could stab myself with this right now. You've thought of it, but you're like, I'm not going to. And you just carry on with your day. Somebody with OCD will take that thought and start thinking, what does this mean? Am I going to stab myself? What if I stab someone else? And just start running with it. And then those obsessions, those obsessive thoughts then lead to compulsions. So because you're scared, you're going to stab someone with the knife. You're going to stop going into the kitchen. 
you might throw out all the knives in the house you might avoid people all different compulsions and it just kind of goes from there and continues to spiral so obviously that's one example of OCD there's all different themes but it's typically an obsessive thought comes up and then your mind just starts running with it and then you start creating compulsions and the thought process is typically if I don't do this compulsion something bad will happen and so you're convinced that it ne- you need to do whatever the compulsion is. Even sometimes it may not even be related to the actual obsession, but you just feel like you need to do these compulsions in order to avoid harm. I love how you explained it from such a, like a bird's eye view. And I love how you said it's two components, the obsession and the intrusive thoughts. I actually have in front of me um, a post that you put up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. You wrote about if you struggle with intrusive thoughts, remember this, everyone has them. They cause distress because they are exact opposite of who you are and your thoughts aren't facts. Don't believe everything you think. So you even saying, quote unquote, normalizing intrusive thoughts. We all have them. That doesn't make you necessarily, I don't want to say abnormal, but it doesn't make you deviating from what is considered okay. So it's okay to have these thoughts. And I feel like the way you're explaining it, intrusive thoughts aren't a bad thing. It's what we do with them that kind of causes the stress and the anxiety. Yeah, exactly. It's everybody has them. I think I read a book once and it said, I don't remember exactly how many, but the mind has like over a hundred thousand thoughts a day or something so that one thought means nothing and it only means something when you start giving it meaning it's so true like all our thoughts and all our emotions and our feelings they mean nothing until we put a story behind them we put something to them so that's very interesting with the intrusive thoughts and also the obsessive part so now i feel like that's where the anxiety kicks in so you're putting a story to this thought like the example with the kitchen it's probably just you wanting to feel safe and be safe for others and having that sense of responsibility of holding on a knife but then you think you have that thought and maybe it's something you saw on social media or maybe how tv portrays ocd you're like oh my gosh this is bad what should i do now but Really and truly, it's just you projecting your anxiety. Exactly. And sometimes it can even stem from your childhood. So if you think of a time as a child that maybe you were holding a plastic knife and like, I don't know, touched yourself with a plastic knife or something like that, you'll pull from past experiences and think, well, I did something like that in the past. So does that mean I'm going to do it again? Like you pull from any part of your childhood, any part of your past, anything you've seen, like you've said on social media, on TV to try and rationalize those thoughts. Well, you just uh, jumped right into the next topic. I was going to ask, what do you think are some root causes of OCD for people? So it's definitely Part of it is hereditary, so it's not necessarily if your parents have OCD, you'll have it, but if your parents, let's say, have anxiety, it's very likely you'll have anxiety or OCD or something of that form, Um, so it kind of just depends. So typically, there's that genetic component, and then there's some sort of environmental like trigger, so something that causes that OCD to like start, Um, so that can be, like I said, with the intrusive thought, it can be the knife in the kitchen and everything's going well in life. And then one day you're like, I could stab myself with this. And that's how the OCD starts. So it's really, you need to have that genetic component in order to, it's like a predisposition almost. So you need that in order to develop the disorder. That's a very good point. And also I feel like minus it being hereditary, the pandemic and COVID and everything, tying that into this, 
and everyone's anxiety already being ramped up. Do you feel like more people are now a little bit more likely to be predisposed to OCD or anxiety because they're feeling so worried about the pandemic? I definitely think so because the way it works typically and what I've learned this year a lot in psychology is that you can have two siblings. One might have the predisposition and the other might not. Or if both have the predisposition, but let's say one sibling is taking the pandemic super seriously and is like, we need to wash our hands, we need to do this and that, they're going, not they're going to, but they may develop OCD, whereas the other one is like, I don't care. So it's also just your environment and what you kind of consider important and value. So absolutely, the pandemic can definitely have a huge uh, or play a huge role in developing OCD and I think especially like cleanliness OCD because it's all about washing our hands now and using hand sanitizer and all that. Exactly and even with myself I've said to, and the problem too is that it's so much unknown with the pandemic like there's just so much unknown in the sense of we don't know how it spreads exactly we don't know if it's always by touch or this or that so there have been times where I'll go to the grocery store and I'll come home and I'm like do I need to wash my hands? I bought this bag of chips. Like when I open them, do I need to wash my hands again? Do I have to wash the chips? Do I have to wash the bag? Do I have to wash my shoes now? It's like a whole thing when you're going. It's a whole like thought process. And I think because I'm in psychology, I'm like, okay, we're going to stop this thought process before it even escalates. I'm like, we are not washing a bag of chips. Like (laughs) you got to take, you know what I mean? You got to take it in strides. Like we're not washing chips. We'll wash our hands. I'll wash them before I eat the bag of chips. Maybe I'll wash them after but I'm not going to wash the bag of chips. Like you've got to kind of balance it. You got to like put a boundary somewhere. Do you feel yeah. like the OCD comes about also because we as humans like to feel like we're in control of something? So we think when we have OCD or we engage in these behaviors that we feel like we're in control of what's happening to us? For sure. So even for me personally, I have to be in control of things. I have to know what's going on. I hate uncertainty. So a huge part of OCD for me is having that certainty. And when I don't know something for sure, that's when I start panicking because I'm like, well, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I need to know what the answer is. And when I was younger, that's when I would start performing different compulsions because in my mind, if I like tied my shoe three times that was going to guarantee certainty that I would get like 100% on a test like it makes no sense looking back on it I know that tying my shoe three times has nothing to do with how I perform on a test but in my mind that's what I needed to do in order to gain that certainty and make myself feel better exactly so that's you feeling like you're in control and you feeling like you have a say in what happens in the future so you felt like you were taking your destiny into your own hands i mean thank you so much for being so brave for sharing your own story can you elaborate on that and how ocd impacted you when you were younger and how it's playing a role in your life today yeah so when i was younger nobody really talked about mental health and anxiety and all that so i just kind of thought it was normal to feel really anxious all the time because I didn't even know what it meant to be anxious. I just thought that the way I was living was like a normal way to live. Um, And so it started off small where I would be like, oh, if I don't do this, like something bad's going to happen. And so I'd just be like, okay, that's weird. So I'm just going to perform whatever that compulsion is. And then it just kept developing and getting worse and worse because at the time I didn't know, but now I've learned, the more you give attention to those thoughts, the stronger they're going to get and the more they're going to come back. 
So in my mind, I was giving myself relief because I was performing those compulsions, but it was only temporary relief. So it would calm down for a bit and then the next um, obsession would come up and the anxiety would shoot up again. I'd perform a compulsion and it would come down a little bit and then another obsession would come up and it would shoot up again and it just kept going. So there's no, I wasn't able to stop that cycle until I stopped it at the root, which was when the obsession would come up, I wouldn't perform the compulsion. And that is so hard when you've spent years and years and years of performing these compulsions and convincing yourself that you are in control of all these things. And if you don't turn the lights off properly, something bad is going to happen. Well, I mean, how brave of you in that moment for doing those compulsions all the time or tying your shoelaces three times and turning the lights off a certain way that one time you didn't do it. It must have been extremely, I can't even imagine scary in that moment. But when you did it and nothing bad happened, thank God, how liberating must that have felt for you? Yeah. So it took me a while because it got to the point where I remember I would be sitting in class And I would just think to myself, something bad is happening right now. Like it was just a panic of like something bad's happening. I don't know what it is, but it's my fault. And I would be sitting in like English class. I'm like, I'm not (laughs) doing anything. I'm just sitting here. But it honestly, I would sit there. And the first time it came up, I was like, but how? And I remember there were a couple times where the thought would come into my head of like something bad's going to happen and something bad did happen, but it had no correlation. It was just by chance. And so that kind of gave me like proof of see, like I didn't perform whatever this compulsion was perfectly. And now looks what happened. Like this is my fault. When in reality, it was just like a free coincidence. So it wasn't until I went into therapy when I was younger that my therapist was like, these are all thoughts in your head. It's normal, this and that. And then she had me create this like fear hierarchy. So it was all the different compulsions that I was like horrified of and convinced something bad was going to happen. And she had me rank them on a scale from one to 10. And we started off doing the low ones. So it was like not tying my shoelace perfectly or something like that. And once I was comfortable enough doing that and realizing that, okay, nothing bad's going to happen. I did it. Nothing bad happened. We're okay. We moved up to the next one. And that's kind of how I started working through it. You're facing your most deepest, darkest fears. And like you were saying, when you were sitting in class, for me looking at that, I'm like, Madison, of course, duh, like you didn't do anything. Nothing bad is (laughs) happening. And it's definitely not your fault. You're in you're in English, you're hanging out. But for you, you probably felt like you were in control. And maybe your mind went back to that time where something did actually happen. And you're like, well, it happened now. And if you have feel like you have a say in fixing something, then I think just we as humans want to do everything we can to protect us, our family and our friends and keep us safe. So you probably thought you had some sort of say in that. Yeah, exactly. There's actually I have another quote that you put on Instagram. I want to read it because I don't want to make sure I say it the right way. Um, you were, you also said, what if my OCD is lying? Is OCD trying to trick you? My therapist taught me a trick that anytime a thought starts with what if it's OCD, this changed my whole view on the way my brain works. Can you elaborate on that? Because I feel like that's touching on everything we're talking about in the sense that the what if is the uncertainty factor and OCD is trying to make us feel like we have a sense of certainty. Yeah. And it's funny because my therapist, when I was younger, would literally, if I was telling her like, oh, I'm really anxious about this, she wouldn't, like, I wouldn't even finish my sentence and she'd be like, okay. And, and she like trained me to be like, 
what if she goes and what does that mean i'm like that's my ocd talking mm-hmm. so it was almost like a script we had going where i knew because every thought it's funny and you would think after how many years i saw this therapist and she would say like what if is your ocd talking my mind would have come up with a new way to like start a thought but no it's still what if it's always like what if this happens what if that happens what if what if what if so i even now i'll catch myself thinking like what if whatever and i'm like that's my ocd and i'm able to like stop it now before the thought even finishes because i'll notice those two words and i'm like yep we're done like we're not doing this that is so cool though because you found a way to kind of stop it in its tracks do you feel like certain personalities are more predisposed or more likely to have intrusive thoughts and have ocd i mean this is just my personal opinion but i feel like people that are very empathetic may be a little bit more predisposed because when those intrusive thoughts come up that have an impact on themselves or their family or their friends or people they care about, I think those people might take it a little bit more, I don't want to say seriously, but it might just hit home a little bit more for them because they're already so empathetic and very um, just care a lot about the people around them. Wow. I mean, that just blew my mind. That makes total (laughs) sense because if you're an empathetic person, you want to take care of all the people around you. And if you think you have any part in there being sadness or hurt towards them, you want to immediately fix it. So that could be that like that sense of responsibility that we were talking about. Exactly. Uh, So what do you think are some ways I know you said with your therapist to raise your awareness? What are some ways we could raise our awareness to OCD and when we're having intrusive thoughts and how can we kind of I guess more or less I'm not going to say stop it because they're going to be coming and going and I think that's totally normal but how can we get a better handle on it yeah so I think the one mistake I made a lot was trying to ignore the not ignore the thoughts but trying to push them away and the reality is the more you tell yourself don't think of this the more you're going to think of it that's just a natural Mm -hmm. reaction Um, and there was a podcast I was listening to a while ago that talked about it. And it said like, for the next 30 seconds, you can think of anything you want, but you cannot think of a purple elephant. Do not think of a purple elephant. All you're going to think about is that elephant. Yeah. Even though I said you can think about anything, just not that elephant. That's all you're going to think about. And it's the same with your own thoughts. The more you tell yourself, this is a bad thought. I can't think of it. I'm a bad person, whatever. You're labeling that thought as important. So it's going to keep coming up. And it's also giving you anxiety. So your brain is like, oh, when this comes up, like I need to panic. So the anxiety is just going to get worse and worse and worse because you're triggering yourself. And it's almost like it's going off as a false alarm. So I think the best thing you can do is when that thought comes up, it's okay to feel anxious. Don't like get yourself stressed out and be like, oh my gosh, I'm anxious. It's going to come back again. Just take a breath. Remind yourself this is just a thought. It's nothing more than that. It's okay that it's here. It doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to sit with it, breathe, and it's going to pass. And then it might come up again and you do the same thing and you just sit with it. And then once that anxiety comes down a bit, you go and do something else and start distracting yourself. And it's after time, it'll go away because it won't trigger you like it did before. I think with anything, it's like you're training your mind. So you could either train your mind to allow yourself to feed into these thoughts and think that they're real and they're going to happen. Or you can train your mind to realize that they're not going to happen and they are just thoughts and not really give them the energy that they want from you. Exactly. And I think 
for me especially a huge thing is like tolerating uncertainty so a lot of what i'll do when i'm really anxious is before i would never be able to do this now i can kind of sit back and think maybe it's gonna happen maybe it's not like if i'm worried about something going on in my life instead of being like no 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 it's not gonna happen i try and take the attitude of maybe it will maybe it won't there's more evidence that it won't occur than it will but whatever happens it's gonna be okay and just try and take that approach and it doesn't work for everything but i've noticed for me it works because i'm able to think it's gonna be fine there's nothing that's like a world ending scenario it's all gonna be okay and i think the pandemic whether we like it or not has forced us into this age of uncertainty and we have to be okay with being uncertain with things so that's why i feel like ocd and intrusive thoughts are more rampant than ever and i mean Think about people who don't even know what it is because I had no idea what it was. And the more I was reading about it and I saw your page, I'm like, this is a real thing. And speaking to, you know, my friends or sometimes if I feel like I've had like this intrusive thought, like what if something bad happens to my family? I always feel like something bad is going to happen to someone. And then I can imagine I could see someone who has OCD if they think they can control that, they're like, okay, well, you know, if I call everyone and make sure they're okay, then that's okay. So I can see how that would manifest into something. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting because there's so many different types of OCD. So for me, it was all about like doing the right thing and morality, but then it also went into protecting other people because in my mind, if something bad happened to someone, it was my fault. Even if I had no relation to it whatsoever, it was my fault, which made me a bad person. So it all kind of came together for me of this idea of like, if I do something wrong or if I hurt someone, that makes me a bad person. And if somebody else gets hurt, that's my fault automatically. Like it just all was like one big web of like OCD. I love how you also said there are different types of OCD because it makes us feel like there are different ways about it and we kind of learn about ourselves more because there are different types. So if somebody has one type, it might be that fits with their personality or what they're going through. So it's really not a one size fits all. Exactly. So for me, my elementary school experience, they were very, very big on religion and morality and doing the right thing. So that's where all of my OCD came from was this idea of I have to be a good person, I have to do the right thing and stemmed from all those things I was taught as a child. Whereas for other people, if I told them that they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like OCD is all about like being clean because for them, maybe they had something in their past or their childhood that had to do with like cleanliness and all that. So it really just depends, I think a lot on your upbringing, your background, what you're exposed to. I think regardless of whatever type of OCD somebody has, it really helps them learn more about themselves. And at the end of the day, I feel like that's what we're all trying to do, just learn more about who we are. Madison, I really appreciate you coming on. This was so helpful. I feel like this is going to help so many people. Before we end the episode, can you please tell us where everyone can reach you and any upcoming projects you have? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, TikTok, uh, and I'm on Twitter as well. So it's mental health W Maddie. Um, and as of now, I do have a couple of things that I'm working on in terms of different videos and posts, but I'm trying to do a little bit more on OCD now because I find that that's really been resonating with people. 
I mean, yeah, it resonated with me and a lot of the people I know. So keep doing all the great work you're doing. We're very happy that you were able to come on. The last thing we do with our guests is I put them in the hot seat and I ask them if they had no pressure. If you have if you could have one tagline for life, what would yours be? Like one quote for life? like one... Yeah, like, you know, at the end of a commercial, they have like one sentence that sums up the whole entire commercial. What would yours be? For sure. Thoughts are not facts. Don't believe everything you think. Ooh, I love that one. That sums our whole episode up. And that really sums it all up with everything we have going on today. So thank you for coming on, Madison. And thank you for decompressing with me. And we will all continue to take it one day at a time. And I hope you've enjoyed decompressing with Madison and myself. Bye. <laughs>